Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 27. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. David is discouraged. And so he takes his men... Look at verse 3. He takes his men, his wives, and he goes to Gath, and he stayed with Achish. Now, did you get this? The king allowed David to stay with him. Keep in mind, all the Philistine countries know Saul and David are enemies. Word had spread. Remember Abigail and Nabal in chapter 25, right around verse 10? Abigail and Nabal knew about it as far as the Sinai Peninsula. So everyone knew. Now, understand, at this point, David is battle-hardened. David has 600 trained men who are battle-hardened. At this point, David is a warrior, a hero, a soldier. King Achish knows that. He sees David as an opportunity and an advantage. Achish is thinking, the next time I have a battle with the Israelites, David knows their territory. He knows their battle plans. He knows the designs, their designs. I want you to notice, look at verse 19 in chapter 26. Go look at 19. Go to chapter 26 and look at verse 19. Because you know chapter and verse is not inspired by uh, the Holy Spirit, right? So it all reads as one, you know, contiguous letter. So it all just keeps going. So look at uh, verse uh, 19 in chapter 26. David was speaking to Saul, and he said, If I sinned, tell me, and I'll offer sacrifice. But if some private first class enlisted is stirring you up against me, realize they're driving me from my land, from my inheritance. That means that David wouldn't be able to take part in worship and he'd be forced to worship false gods. But notice, David is willingly now leaving Israel and going to the land of idols. Why? Because he's discouraged. He's depressed. He's defeated. He's bummed out. You know, people come to me and they say, Pastor Rodney, you know, I really feel depressed. I really, really feel depressed. What do I do? And I ask them, do you feel suicidal? They say, no. I say, do you want to hurt yourself? They say, no. I say, okay, well then be depressed. Is that it? Yeah. Be depressed. That's all the counsel you have? Yeah. Are you a pastor? Yeah. (laughs) Don't you have some words of wisdom? No. No, I really don't. Not really. Be depressed. You know, there's no prohibition in the word of God about being depressed. Sometimes God, listen, sometimes God allows us to go to that place where the colors fade and the hues are gray. And he allows it because many times you won't sit down long enough so he can speak to you. And so he allows it so he can get your attention. So be depressed. It really isn't that bad. 
If you spend that time with God, God, what are you trying to say to me? God, what do you want to say? God uses depression, I'm confident, for his glory. Because he says to the Christian, lo, I am with you always. So even in your depression, God is there. Somebody get glad about that and clap your hands, would you? Lo, I'm with you always. Look at verse 4. Someone told Saul, David went to Gath, and he, I don't know where the time goes on Wednesday night. I do not know. Look at verse 4. Someone told Saul, David went to Gath, and he sought him no more. David, mission accomplished. Saul stopped chasing him, but watch this. David, now you're out of the will of God. David, now you're in a place of compromise. David, now things are going to be even worse because now we have to submit to the Philistines and they are hard and brutal and they don't care about you. God punishes through love. Man punishes through brutality and hatred. Don't you teach your kids that? If you don't, you should. Look, Daddy going to spank you because daddy love you. And daddy know what you're doing is going to get you hurt. Now, maybe I, may, I look, I'm from Philadelphia, so this is what we have to say. Daddy love you. That's why I have to whoop you. Some kids say, well, can you love me a little less? <laughs> no. But I love you. Let me tell you something. You get out there on that street and you disobey the law, they're not going to chastise you in love. They're going to put a bullet in your back or they're going to arrest you and throw you into prison and treat you brutally. See, the world doesn't love you. I love you. God says, I love you. And that's why I am chastising you. That's why I want to punish you because I love you. Stay here in my will. Even if it's tough, in my will. Stay here. Because we want to move. We want to move quick. And get out of the will of God. David is resting and now not running. And I'm sure that he feels good. But you know, he is out of the will of God. David says to King Achish, if I have found favor in your eyes, look at verse 5. If I have found favor in your eyes, look at verse 5. If I have found favor in your eyes, give me a place in the country. Why should I live in the royal city with you? David says, this is the royal city. This is the city of the kings. I'm just a vagabond, a beggar, a wanderer. David said, put me out in the country. Achish said, okay. You can have Ziklag, 23 miles southwest from Gath, on the border by Judah. Ziklag had been taken by the Philistines, and it was a walled city. Now, real quick, saints, listen. Walled cities in the Bible are very important, and you need to know this. Christianity Bible Stuff 101. Walled cities are important in the Bible. Walls in the Bible represent three things. Got your pen? Represent three things. Number one, God's salvation. Walls represent God's salvation. Number two, walls represent protection from the enemy. And number three, walls represent separation from the world. God's salvation, protection from the enemy, and separation from the world. 
Very important in the Bible. In the ancient world, a city without walls was a city that was open and vulnerable to the enemy. A city without walls had no defense and no protection. Nothing valuable could be kept in a city without walls. People living in an unwalled city lived in constant fear. Why? Because they never knew when they might get attacked and brutalized. And that's why Nehemiah, remember, Bible students, remember, Nehemiah wept. When he heard the walls were torn down. Why? Because it meant that the people were open to the enemy. Look at verse 7. Achish gave David Ziklag, a walled city, and David stayed 16 months. David is in a walled city with 600 troops, wives, and kids. And this is the first time, check this out. This is the first time in years that David and his men aren't running. They're not in the wilderness having to, you know, build a bonfire or hunt for food. The ladies probably thought this is awesome. We get a real refrigerator. (laughs) They can have some semblance of life now. The people can talk at a normal tone. Keep in mind, keep the scene, stay with me. When you're hiding and trying to protect, because now all these people are gathering to David. Now they're, they're his responsibility. So when you're hiding and you're trying to protect everybody, because you know Saul has 3,000 special forces that will come down on you in a heartbeat. So any distractions or anything that might even look kind of strange, David will probably say to all the families, shh, shh, quiet, shh. Because he's trying to protect them and keep them safe. Well, now they don't have to do that anymore. Now the kids can use their inside voice. Outside or vice versa. They can be normal now. Everything seemed great. But listen, God never intended them to have this. They're out of the will of God. David made his decision to be in Ziklag because of a lack of trust in God. And now David has infected his people by living among the ungodly. Yeah, I said infected his people by living among the ungodly and mixing the people of God with the people of the world. You know, I've told you in the past, God hates mixture. Mixture? Yep. God hates mixture. Like black people and white people? Nope. Man, y'all said that awfully quick. (laughs) Good job. No, no, no. God hates mixture of believers and non-believers. Those who don't know God and those who are idol worshipers. And now David has infected his people. With mixture. He's not in the will of God. And he has this sense of false security. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, chapter 30, just pull over there really quickly. Chapter 30 in verse 1 and 2, real quick. Chapter 30, verse 1 and 2, David has a false security. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south uh, and Ziklag and attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there. From small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. David had a false security by being in Ziklag. Infected the people and killed the people. 
So listen, it's a really dark time in David's life, a real low point. And even still, God is showing David grace because David's army is growing and still getting stronger. Now, we don't have time to look at it, but First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 tell us the mighty men of the tribe of Benjamin come to Ziklag and they join up with David's army. The Bible tells us armed men, First Chronicles 12, 1 and 2, armed men with bows and javelins and those who were ambidextrous, who could throw stones with their left hand and their right are joining David's army. And you want to know something? Listen, there's no record. This is interesting, fascinating. Listen. There's no record of any of the Psalms written by David during these 16 months in Ziklag. No record. Why? Because David is out of fellowship with God. And when you're out of fellowship with God, you stop writing. There's no music in your heart. When you're out of fellowship with God, I'm talking to somebody. F.B. Meyer said, the sweet singer was mute. The sweet singer was mute. When you're out of fellowship, you stop doing a lot of stuff you used to do, don't you? And you start leading a double life like David. Look, we got to come in. It's already 824. I don't know where the time goes. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I'm doing my best. Look at verse 8. And David said to his men in verse 8, David and his men, sorry, David and his men went up and raided the Gersherites, the Gerzites, and the Amalekites. For those nations were inhabitants of the land from of old, as you go to shore, even as far as the land of Egypt. Wherever David attacked the land, he left, y'all watch this, neither man nor woman alive, but took uh, away the sheep, the oxen. My notes are bleeding through. You know your notes bleed through the page. My notes are bleeding through. Took away, y'all help me. Took away the sheep, the oxen. Uh, the camels and the apparel and returned and came to Achish. Well, then Achish would say, thank you. Where have you made a raid today? And David would say, against the southern area of Judah or against the southern area of Jeremelites. Jeremelites. Now you have at it. Or against the southern area of the Kenites. David said, David would save neither man nor woman alive to bring news to Gath, saying, lest they should inform on us, saying, thus David did, and thus was his behavior all the time he dwelt in the country of the Philistines. So Achish believed David, saying, he has made his people utterly, Israel, utterly abhor him. That's what Achish thought David did to the, with the people of Israel. He, David, made the people of Israel hate him. Therefore, he will be my servant forever, Achish thought. Now it happened in chapter 28, in those days, that the Philistines gathered their armies together for war to fight with Israel. And Achish said to David, you will surely know that you will go out with me to battle, you and your men. And so David said to Achish, surely you know what your servant can do. And Achish said to David, therefore, I will make you one of my chief guardians forever. Let's wrap it up. David and his men are attacking Canaanite people. Understand that. Not Philistines and not Israelite people. David 
was also protecting the people of southern Judah. So David is going out to war against these people and getting victory, but it's clear, listen, and let's be clear, that God is still working, but it wasn't God's will for David to be there. In verse 9, it tells us when David attacked the land, he didn't leave men, women, children alive. He took the good stuff, the donkeys, the cattle, the spoil. Verse 10, Achish says, David, who are you out killing today, raiding today? David says, I was in this town and that town, the southern area of Judah. Achis thought this is great. He is killing Jewish people. That's awesome. Listen, that was a lie. David is lying to Achish and not because he feels ashamed, but because David wants Achish to like him. Achish is starting to like David. Keep in mind, this is the same David who said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. And now, are y'all getting this? Now he is maliciously killing men, women, and children. You got to wonder, all this killing in David's life, does he remember the years that he spent sitting out on the hill with just him and his guitar and the sheep walking by, bang, and he's playing a worship song? You got to remember that. Hello, where you at? Now you're maliciously killing men, women, and children. And let me tell you, this kind of killing doesn't come from nowhere. We all know the story of David and Bathsheba. And David wanted Bathsheba because he saw her taking a bath. And David keeps marrying all these women. You know, David keeps marrying all these women, getting them pregnant. Listen, David was the first baby daddy. (laughs) Amen. See, y'all think all this stuff is recent. This is not recent. There's nothing new under the sun. I'm here to tell you tonight. So David gets Bathsheba pregnant. You know the story. And has Uriah killed. Watch this. The story of David and Bathsheba is far more famous than this story here in 1 Samuel chapter 27. And yet all that killing in David's heart began right here in 1 Samuel chapter 27. He didn't kill Uriah uh, like first time. Like, oh, I feel so bad. It's like, man, it's my first time killing somebody. No. Mm-mm. It all started right here. And once you kind of make that first kill, well, the next one's a little easier, the next one's a little easier, and it's like everything else. Do it one time, the next one a little easier. One, next one a little easier, a little easier, a little easier. So then he wants to take Bathsheba. Nah, you're right, kill him. Let's get this done with. It ain't come from nowhere. Well, verse 11 and 12, Achish is under the impression that David is killing Jews, but it wasn't true. And uh, that was a lie that David told. So now David has to keep up with that lie. Verse 12, Achish believed David. Achish thought David had caused all of Israel to hate him. Achish thought, okay, now I got David in my pocket. Chapter 28, verse 1 and 2, the Philistines are preparing for war against Israel. Achish looks over at David and says, you know you're fighting with us, don't you, right? You got that. David said, of course I'm with you. Now, this is the part of the story that you wish David was like a double agent. And you wish David was acting like he was going to fight for the Philistines. But when he gets out there to battle, he actually starts fighting on Israel's side. You know, I've been watching too many movies. You know what I'm saying? You wish, but that's not going to happen. Now, let me just really quickly give you a few 
takeaways from chapter 27. Really quickly. Number one, these are just takeaways, thoughts, nuggets, chew on. Every single one of us can find ourselves in a place of despair, discouragement, defeat, and even depression. Somebody say amen. Everybody can find themselves under a cloud. And when you do, first thing, remember despair, discouragement, and depression is not sin. Now, what you do with that despair, discouragement, depression, that can lead to sin. But it's not sin. Number two takeaway. When you get depressed, discouraged, always know you have a choice. There is always a choice. You either grab hold of the Lord or you grab hold of your own way. You grab hold of the Lord or you lean to your own understanding. If David would have just grabbed the Lord's hand in faith, he would have gone right back to watch this. The promises of God that were given to him. Don't you remember when the prophet Sammy said to him, David, you are the next king. Jonathan repeatedly said, David, you're going to be king. David, you're going to be king. And my dad knows you're going to be king. Everybody knows that. Just chapter 25, um, Abigail. Abigail said to David, she, she, she told him, she said, David, don't be a fool like my husband Nabal. She said, David, as the Lord lives and your soul lives, God has kept you from shedding blood. Don't ruin your reputation. You're better than this, David. David could have thought back to that time when God delivered him from Saul in just the nick of time. Saul almost got him. But God, what you need to do when you feel depressed and you feel discouraged is grab a hold of the promises of God. Grab a hold of the promises of God. And then number three, David could have encouraged himself in the Lord. First Samuel chapter 30, people are ready to kill David. And uh, verse six tells us that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Romans 15, four, whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Encourage yourself. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself. Somebody say amen, please. You got to encourage yourself sometimes. Look at yourself. Self, snap out of it. Self, God gave you promises. More than 7,000 of them. And surely you can remember five. Self, you got eye disease. I don't feel like it. And I'm just tired. And I have had it. And I Knock it off. It ain't about you. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Number four, confess your discouragement, despair, and depression to God. You got to be willing to invite the Lord into your situation. Sometimes we're embarrassed. Sometimes we think other Christians are going to feel a certain type of way about how we feel. So we try to hide it for, uh, from God, thinking he'll condemn us. Listen, I don't know about others, but I know God won't condemn you. And God wants to walk you out of that despair and depression. God will walk you out of that despair and depression. Because we just read it. All things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. If you are honest with God, God will walk you through it. You ain't the only one that's been depressed. You ain't the only one. Discouragement didn't begin with you. Depression didn't begin with you. 
worship team. They began with you. God wants to walk you out of it. But you got to look. Don't look at them. Look at me, please. You got to be willing to be honest with God. And by being honest with God, you're being honest with yourself. And don't, absolutely don't, turn around and go back to the world. Don't go to the world for counseling. Oh, please, somebody help me. Don't go to the world for counseling. Go to the word of God. Go to a janitor who works in the church who is filled with the Holy Spirit. Will give you better counsel than somebody with a PhD. I know what I'm talking about. Don't do it. Don't turn around and run to the world. David's discouraged and depressed and now he's in Gath. It's just great. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.